You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Exmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at exmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 363, entitled five things to avoid in your lawn care business. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys send through, uh, as I say, each and every week. I really do appreciate it. I have been uh, working hard at trying to uh, get back to uh, a lot of those uh, comments and DM messages and things like that uh, this past week, and uh, we'll continue to uh, work through them uh, as well, uh, so uh, if you're, uh, you know, uh, had sent me something or uh, asked me a question or requested uh, to uh, be a guest on the podcast or something like that, uh, you know, don't fear, don't worry, I will get back to uh, your response, even if it's been uh, quite a bit of time in some cases. Uh, just with uh, all of the, as I mentioned last week, all the craziness uh, that has uh, gone on uh, this year um, with the family and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, this week uh, had a slight uh, bit of, uh, you know, a difference in the weather. Uh, we finally got sunshine. <laughs> I just had to uh, play that. That's uh, exactly uh, how I felt uh, when uh, we finally got uh, a bunch of sunshine uh, happening. Uh, and uh, it was crazy because, as I've mentioned in past episodes, it's been weeks and weeks and months, really, uh, since the fall of just uh, constant cloudy, overcast uh, weather. Uh, it's been uh, cold even up to last week, uh, you know, here at Towards the end of June, I was wearing uh, long pants and, uh, you know, my regular like polo shirt, but then I'd have a sweatshirt on top of it and then a fleece vest on top of that while I was working. Uh, so it's been uh, pretty crazy. And then seeing the contrast of a lot of you guys working in, you know, southern states and, you know, the temperatures uh, going over 100 degrees Fahrenheit uh, and you guys are, you know, battling the, uh, uh, you know, opposite uh, issues there is just quite the contrast. So it was interesting because we finally got uh, that sun to hit and it was so weird because there was no uh acclimation period that we would normally have in the spring as things warm up and you get sunshine and things like that and then it kind of gets to that summertime weather it went from you know that kind of cold and overcast to boom just straight summertime heat like uh you know everybody's like uh complaining about the uh, rain and overcast weather and we want the sun and then the sun hit and it's like everybody wants to be inside because it's just too hot outside so it's 
very, very funny to see that. But I'll tell you, in the mornings especially, and just working outside has been nice uh, the past week, even though it was uh, quite warm. But the mornings especially, when you get that sort of a little bit cooler temperature in the morning, but the blue skies and, uh, you know, sun is shining and stuff, and you're going to maybe your first job or something like that. Uh, I just, you know, love that. Uh, that part of the day uh, is just uh, absolutely fantastic. So this week... Uh, I wanted to talk about five things uh, to avoid in your lawn care business. Now, this is primarily um, for, I would say, guys starting up in their business. But that isn't to say that guys who have been doing uh, their business uh, for a while won't uh, get some value from this. Uh, I've known uh, you know, guys that have been in uh, business uh, for quite a while um, who overlooked um, one or two of these points and, uh, you know, found themselves uh, getting into trouble because of it. So uh, just diving straight into it, the first thing I would say um, is a, one of those things I talk about all the time. Uh, I'm sure every other podcast uh, that is lawn care business related uh, that you may listen to and YouTube videos and all that stuff. It's that theme that is ongoing over and over again, drilling it into your minds, drilling it into your brains. And that is knowing your number. So not knowing your numbers is the thing to avoid is, uh, you know, and undervaluing your work is what I have written here. Not knowing your numbers and undervaluing your work is your is the first uh, thing that you need to avoid. Now, of course, you know, you give yourself some uh, leeway when you're first starting out. Because, you know, you are going to be, um, you know, trying to sort all that out. And we've gone over, uh, you know, over and over again about the knowing your numbers. Uh, I've given brief, um, you know, uh, talks about how to uh, go over those numbers. I have that uh, how to uh, price lawns profitably course on my Lawn Care Business Success Academy uh, at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com. For those of you guys that are interested in uh, doing that quick online course, where I go over it in a little bit more detail. Uh, but that whole thing there. When you're first starting out, this is what your biggest struggle is going to be. Uh, And it's all that balance uh, that I talk about, that whole teeter-totter that I talk about over and over again when you're first starting out, uh, having more time than you have work. uh, And then as you get, um, you know, uh, more established in your business, as you get more experience in your business, then you will start to have more work uh, than you have the time to do it. And you can start to pick and choose. In the beginning, you're taking on as much as you can. You're trying to learn as much as you can. Uh, and pricing is a huge component of that. So, you know, don't stress too much in the beginning. Like if you're just starting out right out of the gate and, you know, you're worried about uh, pricing and stuff like that. You know, yes, it is good to <clears throat> obviously get a handle on that right away, but, you know, just uh, remember that it's going to take some time to actually figure it out properly um, and that you are going to make mistakes, but that's okay. That's a learning experience, right? To make those initial mistakes uh, because that's how you're going to learn uh, to properly do it. Regardless of whether you take, uh, you know, like my online course or somebody else's course or uh, watch a you know a bunch of other videos or uh, read uh, on how to price work or whatever the case may be, it's not going to fully sink in until you actually start doing it. If you are an established business and you haven't done that, if you haven't gone over your numbers, I know 
you know, tons of guys, tons and tons of guys who run businesses have been running them for years and years and years, and they don't actually know their numbers. They don't go over that stuff. They don't actually know, you know, how much they need to make on each job. It's just, you know, on a whim. It's just, you know, uh, on a hope and a prayer that, uh, you know, at the end of the year that they're going to come out, uh, you know, uh, a lot, uh, you know, profitable or, um, you know, for the better at the end of it all. And you don't want to uh, get into uh, that type of situation uh, in your own uh, lawn care business. So, again, don't worry about it right in the beginning. Uh, And I don't mean don't worry about it, like overlook it. I mean, start working on it. Think about it. Uh, Think about your costs and all that stuff right from the beginning. But just know that it's always going to be changing. It's always going to be fluctuating. And as you get that experience, you're going to be more efficient uh, in those jobs that you're doing, in the mowing that you're doing, in how you plan your routes and how uh, you even organize, you know, which house you're doing first versus the next, which side of the street you're parking on um, can play a huge uh, role in, uh, you know, the lawns that you're doing and stuff like that, because that every bit of efficiency uh, will help you to become more profitable. Uh, so, you know, in the beginning, don't stress out about it, but start working on it uh, and knowing your numbers and honing in on that. And like I say, it's so important. Uh, I've talked about, uh, you know, over and over again, how you just need to go over it and over it, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Um, you know, as you get uh, more and more into your business, as the years go by and you're more established, then you don't have to spend as much time on that, um, especially uh, like I talked about uh, last week in the staying in your own lane episode, um, where, you know, once you sort of get to a point where you found that um, sort of niche or, or more of what, you know, um, like being, you know, that type of work that you like doing, like being in the pocket for that, like what you really enjoy doing. And that's what you start to, um, uh, rep, you know, replicate, uh, in your lawn care business, uh, doing those types of jobs. Like for me, it's the, you know, uh, the lawn care, uh, mowing jobs, it's residential jobs, it's small lawns, it's, uh, lawns in, uh, you know, very, uh, dense route, very dense neighborhood. I don't go outside uh, of the specific neighborhoods. Um, And I just focus on those uh, types of jobs. So it's easy to replicate. It's easy for me to quote those jobs because they're all very similar uh, types, houses and properties. Um, You know, I don't have to travel far for those. So I'm uh, controlling all of those variables of, um, you know, travel time and, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I've got, uh, a really good, uh, you know, knowing my numbers, uh, but then I also have a really good, uh, response rate in knowing that all these houses are the same, uh, pretty much. And, you know, all these properties are the same and I've char, you know, I'm charging these prices. Uh, so it's easy to replicate, um, when I'm going to quote more jobs, knowing that, well, you know, I'm, I'm already doing a whole bunch of these types of properties and all these customers are, you know, fine with these prices that I'm charging. And every year I'm, I'm really, um, you know, I play with the prices, I raise the prices, uh, and I, you know, know that these customers are all accepting it. So as I go, it just, you know, 
gives you more confidence to know that you can charge, you know, these higher prices because you already got all these clients that are fine with those prices in those same neighborhoods and stuff. So, you know, it's knowing those numbers, uh, playing with those uh, boundaries so that you're not undervaluing your work uh, and realizing, um, you know, what it, uh, you know, costs uh, to do business, um, you know, I was talking to a relative uh, recently at a, like a family barbecue and, uh, you know, they were talking about, um, I think it was a plumber or something that they called uh, for some reason. And, uh, you know, the plumber came in and was like, uh, you know, on the phone said, you know, it's going to cost, uh, I think it was like $90 or something like that just for them to show up and look at it. Um And, you know, you pay that regardless of whether you want them to fix it or not. So if you want them to even quote uh, the job for them to come to the house, it was going to be $90. So that's, you know, it just shows you like the what some other businesses are charging. And like I said, that's just for them to visit, to take a look at it and then give them the quote. And if you want to go ahead with the job, then you're going to pay that price and do the job on top of that uh, $90, uh, you know, initial assessment. But if you don't want to, to do the job, then you're still paying the guy $90 for coming out to take a look at it. Can you imagine, um, you know, in the lawn care uh, industry for mowing lawns, if you could charge just for going out to do the quote? Um, you know, that's something that would be, uh, you know, pretty uh, awesome if we could get away with that. I know with... Um, uh, construction, uh, hardscape. If you're doing large projects, lots of guys obviously have to charge for that because there's so much time involved uh, in planning out a landscape and measurements and all that sort of stuff to do a quote. Um, that, of course, you know, on that side of the industry, guys are charging for uh, quotes and stuff. But on the lawn, you know, mowing side of it, uh, I you know have yet to hear of anybody uh, being able to charge uh, for just doing a, a quote uh, on jobs. But anyways, it gives you that sort of uh, confidence in knowing uh, what you're worth uh, when you have that sort of, uh, you know, you hone in on those same types of jobs over and over again. So that is uh, tip number one to avoid is not knowing your numbers and undervaluing uh, your work. Uh, And again, like I said, in the beginning, you're trying to get as much work as you can. You will probably, uh, you know, uh, price lower than your competition because of course if you're just starting out as I've mentioned before you don't want to um, shoot yourself in the foot uh, so to speak in you know if you're just a solo owner operator showing up in your truck with some uh, you know maybe you don't have signage yet maybe you don't have a trailer maybe you're just working out of the back of your car whatever the case may be you know you're you're not going to be able to charge the same price as uh, you know your competition that has um, you know a fancy truck and trailer or something like that uh, with you know all signs and logos and uniforms and all that sort of stuff right the customer's not going to perceive that same value there that uh, you know why would they uh, you know uh, pay you the same as versus you know somebody who's uh, obviously completely established and, and not like a, uh, doesn't look, not that, you know, working out of the back of your car means that you'd be a fly by night business, but, you know, having that sort of trailer and uniforms and all that stuff, 
you know, establishes you as a legitimate business. You know, I've literally had customers tell me that with that story I've told about the customer who I asked for their credit card and they hand it to me and then, you know, didn't quite give it to me. And then they're like, uh, you know, this is kind of crazy. I've just known you five minutes and I'm giving you my credit card number. And then they're like, you know, but I can tell by your trailer and your uniform and stuff that you're not a fly by night business that you're, you know, you're not going to just take off on me with my credit card information. So, you know, in the beginning, you are going to price a little bit uh, lower to get your foot in the door, get experience and all that stuff. But knowing your numbers, honing in on it, working on your brand, all that sort of stuff uh, to uh, propel yourself to sort of a higher state uh, is what you want to be doing. So the next uh, thing I wanted to talk about is uh, not saying no and taking on too much work. This is another mistake I see too many people doing, especially when they're starting out. And like I say... Um, you know, in that beginning, when you're on that teeter totter and you have more time than you have work, you're going to take on all that work. Any, you know, time somebody asks you to do anything, you're going to jump on it. You're going to jump on whether it's pressure washing jobs or gutter cleaning jobs, lawn mowing jobs, tall grass overgrown, hasn't been mowed in two years type jobs. Uh, you're going to do all that rubbish removals, all that stuff. It's, and it's great. There's tons of, um, potential out there for income. There's literally so much work out there if you're willing to do it. Um, but the problem is, is that as uh, you quickly find that you start to build your uh, mowing route um, on whatever your core service. So if you know, obviously, I'm, this is a lawn care business uh, podcast. So I'm assuming all you guys want to do lawn care. Uh, so if you know, that is your core business, your core service that you want to offer, as you start to build those types of clients, particularly like weekly or bi-weekly, whatever the case you want to focus on, as you get more and more of those clients, you're going to have less and less time to do that other stuff. And I see the mistake is that uh, guys will keep saying yes to all that other stuff, um, particularly uh, if it's, you know, as I talked about in last week's episode, in the Staying Your Own Lane episode, if it's stuff you don't enjoy doing, um, like for me, the weeding and stuff like that, um, you know, in the beginning, I, I struggled to um, say no uh, to people wanting that sort of stuff or, you know, other jobs that I just didn't want to do. Uh, you know, I just didn't want to uh, say no to them. You know, you have that sort of scarcity mindset. You're worried about losing um, a client because, you know, if uh, the, you know, if you say no to them for doing, say, a landscape job or something like that, and then they go and hire somebody else uh, to do that job, then it kind of opens the door for that other company to also quote on the lawn mowing to say, hey, you know, um, how about we quote you on this or that, right? And so there's always that fear there. But on the flip side of that, taking on too much work uh, when, you know, you're regular lawn mowing clients um, are filling up and that is your core, uh, your focus of what you want to build your business on because of course, you know, it gets you into that um, reoccurring work, uh, which is what's so great about lawn care is that uh, you know, the customer needs you to uh, show up every week or every uh, two weeks to do that job. You don't have to uh, constantly keep selling yourself, constantly put a lot of effort into marketing uh, once you're established because you're uh, just doing that reoccurring work over and over again. 
so once you get that, uh, you know, type uh, of uh, jobs, you know, kind of filling up your schedule, you you want to make sure that you're able to then start to transition and say no to that stuff, that other stuff, uh, because you can't do that other stuff um, at the expense of your regular clients. Uh, you know, and I have this, uh, you know, this is one of the things uh, that uh, some people just don't understand. Uh, you know, I had a, a Google review on my business uh, once, a poor review um, with a client uh, that I actually never met, never talked to uh, because they submitted a quote uh, on my website or a request for a quote on my website for power raking. And at the time, I wasn't taking on power raking. I'm not taking on power raking for clients that are not um, my own, you know, regular uh, weekly lawn mowing clients. And I had this all clearly established on the website. And then again, when you go to submit a quote, there's again, another warning before they submit saying, Hey, you know what? We're only taking on weekly lawn mowing clients, right? So this person submitted a quote for power raking and I'm like, I don't do power raking uh, for that. Uh, right. Uh, so I was, uh, you know, the, the mistake I made was I just didn't reply to that uh, person. Cause I was like, uh, you know, didn't you read that uh, the website says this? So I just ignore them. In the end, they end- ended up leaving a bad review because of that saying thing. But uh, my point being is that in, you know, the review, they're talking, to, they, they were talking about um, how, you know, the power raking is, you know, so much money, um, you know, that it's like basically saying like, it's a big job and I don't even get a response for it and stuff. And to me, it was like, it doesn't matter that it's a big job or that would, there would be more money in that doing that one job versus say just lawn mowing uh, jobs individually. It's a one-off job, the power raking, and you're not a regular customer. And I'm not going to, if my schedule is completely full, which it was at the time, which is why I'm not taking on any other work, I'm not going to then push or, um, you know, make my customers of regular weekly lawn mowings wait or skip lawns because I'm going to go do this power raking job um, for a one-off client who's, you know, that's the one job I'm going to do and then that's it and never see them. I'm not going to, you know, put that relationship that I have with those regular clients at risk because of that. Um, So, you know, uh, thinking about stuff like that, uh, knowing that you have to say no to certain things. What is the core, uh, you know, job that you want to do? I learned, um, you know, that uh, if I said yes to stuff, especially if it was stuff that I didn't enjoy doing, that uh, in the end, um, you know, early on uh, when I did stuff like that, uh, that I would procrastinate, um in getting around to the job, I'd have the customer then, you know, asking me when I was going to get, uh, do it. And then I'd make excuses and, you know, it would kind of be pushed back all the time. Eventually I'd get around to doing it. Uh, but you know, it's not a good look and, uh, you know, it's not uh, good for your reputation and stuff. So I learned that early, uh, on, uh, in the lawn care business and, uh, you know, uh, quickly adapted to just saying no to stuff. Uh, and it took, um, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing to, uh, get over because, you know, your mentality, um, getting over that mindset of you have to take on everything, but, uh, recognizing when certain jobs, uh, are not, uh, beneficial, 
uh, and it can actually hurt you if you uh, uh, take on uh, that type of stuff or promise uh, stuff that you don't want to do. And, uh, you know, you recognize things like that, that you're, you're going to procrastinate, that you're going to push it back uh, and stuff like that. So making sure um, uh, that you learn to say no uh, and that you don't take on more than uh, you want to do. One of the things you have to consider as well and I think that um, a lot of people forget um, because it's so easy to be a slave to making as much money as you can. Um, and, you know, there's obviously different uh, reasons to do this and stuff. But, you know, a lot of people have this end goal of, you know, all this, you know, if I make a whole ton of money that's going to make me happy. I'm finally going to be happy. And money is not going to make you happy. It'll make things easier, of course. Um, it'll make life you know, easier uh, when you don't have to stress out over bills and stuff. But you, I just have this overwhelming sense uh, with a lot of people that they, you know, are chasing money, chasing money that, you know, they'll finally, when they get enough money, um, that life is going to be great and then they can finally, you know, relax and enjoy their family and friends and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you can do that right now. You can enjoy your family right now. Um, you know, instead of working all hours of the evening, come home at a, you know, a decent time, have dinner with your family. Um, go to your kids' sports uh, and, you know, participate in that. That stuff is going to mean a heck of a lot more as your life goes on than missing all of it and, you know, finally getting to a point where you think, okay, now I have enough, I can enjoy my family, but your family's all grown up and they're all moved out and they're all, you know, and you've missed all of that part of it. The other thing is that, there's, you know, what you have today is right now, this moment. The next moment, five minutes from now, two minutes from now, tomorrow is not guaranteed. There's no guarantee that you're going to be here in five minutes or in an hour or tomorrow or next week. So make sure that you, you know, obviously work and stuff is a must and you have to work and you have to make money and you have to pay bills and all that sort of stuff. But make sure you're taking time and not forgetting to enjoy your family, your kids, your wife, and, and live in the moment, you know, live now. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you, put your work in and stuff, but there's time to do that. When the kids are in school, when your wife is working, you know, you're, there's that time in the day where everybody has to do their certain things. But um, remember that part as well to uh, uh, just, uh, just a side note, just to uh, uh, make sure uh, that you're not taking on too much work uh, and uh, losing focus of, you know, why you're doing it in the first place. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, uh, spending time with family. You hear it all the time. Uh, with people that say, you know, if I ever won the lottery, I would, you know, donate such and such amount of money to this charity or this charity. And it's like, okay, well, why not just donate now? 
You don't have to win the lottery to donate money. You can donate $5 uh, and do it. And it's funny how people won't. They won't donate money and stuff to certain charities or causes they believe in and stuff because you know, they don't have the money. Well, you can start small. You don't have to win a million dollars and donate, you know, a million dollars or whatever the case may be. You can donate $5. You can donate $10 uh, and do it now. And you're still going to get that feeling of, uh, you know, gratefulness and gratitude and all that stuff to be able to do that, to donate what you can, to help out how you can, to volunteer uh, how you can. So don't lose uh, focus on that sort of stuff by taking on too much work, getting overstressed, and then just getting buried in it all. So the next uh, thing to avoid is poor communication with your clients. Uh, this is one of the, you know, probably one of the leading things that you can avoid uh, in terms of getting complaints from clients and stuff is just poor communication. So in the beginning, um, you know, when I'm doing quotes and stuff uh, for clients, you know, one of the common things that I get uh, comments from people is that, uh, you know, especially in the spring, um, they'll say, you know, you're the first person to answer the phone or you're the first person to call me back or you're the first person to, you know, reply or whatever the case may be, because there's so many lawn care businesses that are busy, that are full. And, you know, those listings and those advertisements and all that sort of stuff, it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's so great to have, you know, the Google, uh, my business and all that sort of stuff and Facebook and, you know, all the countless things and people see you on the street and all that sort of stuff. And then they phone your, your, your number, but sometimes you wish you could just turn it off. You could just be like, okay, like, let me turn it off for a second, right? Because, the calls come fast and furious and you know uh, a lot of people just don't get back to customers and stuff like that and that can lead to a negative um, you know reputation negative response if people leave complaints uh, on those uh, types of things like you know reviews and things like that and word of mouth and all that sort of stuff uh, so it's sort of a, a double-edged sword so just communicating saying hey you know unfortunately you know I can't take on you know, like I said that that case of that customer now I thought I had done enough because I had put warnings all over the website saying hey we're not doing this right now so if you're you know if you're looking for weekly lawn mowing submit a quote if you're looking for anything else don't even bother basically and then I you know do it again uh, on the form that they're filling out now this customer chose to uh, disregard all that and, you know, submit a quote for power raking anyways. So, you know, that's why, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I didn't reply back to them at that time. And, uh, you know, I just thought, or like, or did you not read the, you know, this sort of thing, but you know, some, and it's unfortunate because I, you know, and, and that was part of my reply to them. My response to them was that, Hey, um, unfortunately we're not taking on all the other work. I'm not going to bump you know, clients that I'm doing weekly lawn mowing for to do a one-off job, regardless of what the value of that job is, as he, you know, he was indicating. Um, and I had, you know, uh, you know, because he was saying that's poor customer service and stuff that you didn't call back. And I was like, well, actually, you know, kind of, you know, thrive on customer service. Uh, and the fact that, you know, I'm putting warnings on the homepage of the website saying, you know, we're not taking on any other work right now. And also on the form that you had to fill out, you had to read that section uh, to then uh, submit the form saying that, you know, I'm not taking on any other work kind of shows that I'm, you know, going above and beyond because I'm trying to save you the time of filling out uh, the thing. But some people, you know, they just don't read it. They don't, 
thing. They just click and go and whatever, and then they expect. So you're going to encounter that. But in a lot of cases, just that communication skills. Another key, uh, as you guys know, I love uh, you know using email for quotes um, because I can have all those policies and all that stuff right in there. So there's that communication, right? There's no surprises. A lot of that I learned um, from over the years, over that experience of, you know, uh, I would get in the spring, go to mow a lawn and everything was fine and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, uh, a few months passes and now it's the fall and I arrived to a lawn and, you know, the leaves are all falling off the trees. And I was like, man, I didn't even like look at the trees uh, when I went and quoted this lawn, right? So now the lawn's covered in trees and I never talked to the, the uh, you know, homeowner about it. So what do I do? I'm here. I'm here to mow the lawn. Do I not mow the lawn? It's covered in leaves. You know, what do I do? Right. So those are the things that I learned over the years. And that's why that, uh, for me, that quote is all part of that communication in having all of those policies, all of that. Hey, if there's leaves on the lawn in the fall, you're going to get charged extra for your mowing uh, for that. If you don't want to get charged extra, uh, then make sure that you, you know, rake the leaves before I show up on your uh, regular scheduled mowing day so that there's no leaves on the lawn um, sort of thing, right? So it's all laid out there. All of the policies, how they're built, um, cancellation policy, all that sort of stuff, all there, trampolines, um, dog waste, all the sorts of things. That's all part of that communication so that they know what to expect. Another great thing that I do, I think, is that, uh, you know, if I'm, because majority of my work comes in through email, uh, uh, sorry, uh, quotes requests come in through email. So I'm not actually talking to a customer uh, on the phone. In most cases, it's just email exchanges. And then, you know, I arrange, I go to go see their, their property because in that quote, I ask them for permission to come see their property within seven days uh, whenever I'm in that neighborhood uh, to uh, give them a quote. So they gave me permission for that on uh, through my form. And then, uh, you know, when I show up, just that there's no, again, miscommunication, I you know, if it's a lawn mowing job, I, you know, look at the job or fill out the the form, the email that I'm going to send them. But a lot of times I'll also then take a photo of the front of their house and then, and the front lawn. And then I, uh, and I don't just take a, a photo of the lawn. I take a photo so that shows the house. Uh, and then I add that photo as an attachment to the quote, right? So that when they open up uh, the email, there's the quote above and a f- picture of their, their house, right? That way, if there's any discrepancy, if they mistype their address, you know, the wrong street house number or whatever like that, uh, then they'll catch it right away because it's you know, a picture of their neighbor's house. And they'll be, whoa, that's, you know, the wrong house. And then they, oh, I put the wrong address. I've heard so many times uh, in interviews, I'm sure you guys have heard some of my interviews where people have talked about that, where they, you know, go do a quote and then they show up and it's, you know, they mow the lawn and it's the wrong, the lawn or uh, a guy, uh, I forgot who it was that uh, shared a story about doing a whole pine straw job and he did all the pine straw on this house and then learned that it was the wrong address uh, that uh, he was at. Uh, and, you know, that person got a free makeover, uh, essentially. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things. So uh, that's another thing. Just part of that communication is, hey, here's a picture of the house uh, that I'll put. Another uh, thing that I've seen a lot of people do, which is, you know, fantastic is, you know, if, if you're doing, say, a walk uh, around with a customer, 
uh, and say that, you know, they want, um, you know, I want you to trim these hedges, but I want to take them down a bit, maybe like a foot off the top. And, uh, you know, there's these two shrubs here that I want pulled out. And, uh, you know, I want this one trimmed and all stuff. Great thing to do is, hey, take a photo of that backyard, um, especially uh, if you can do um, like a wide angle shot. If you can't, you can do separate photos and stuff, but sometimes like a wide angle shot that kind of shows like the whole uh, backyard or whatever. And then uh, just use your, you know, like on a, if I'm on an iPhone or something, I can go to like to the, you know, uh, markup, edit the photo and just use like, you know, a, a you know, highlighter tool or whatever. And, uh, you know, on the picture of the hedge, I can, you know, draw a line across the top of where that one foot is going to be. Uh, and then, uh, where it's going to be, you know, where you're going to cut the top of that hedge off. Right. And, uh, you know, the, maybe the bushes that they want to take out, uh, maybe it's, you know, every second bush or something that they want uh, pulled out draw an X on top of those bushes that are being removed, uh, or they want this one trimmed, circle that one and, you know, just write this one's trimmed, uh, sort of thing. Right. And then when you're doing that quote and you email it to them, you send that photo as an attachment, right? So there it is. There's the hedge. This is where it's going to be trimmed down to these bushes here are the ones that you told me to remove. That's way there's no, um, miscommunication there. So, uh, very important, uh, uh, to, uh, you know, not have poor communication with clients. And there's lots of different ways, uh, you know, just answering your phone quickly, uh, communicating, uh, you know, changes in schedule, using photos uh, to, uh, you know, illustrate uh, re- and reiterate uh, what they're asking for uh, in certain jobs. So uh, I'm just going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll get back right into it right after this. So stay tuned. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so the next tip uh, to avoid is poor bookkeeping. Uh, This is one that uh, is very, I can say, overwhelming to some people, uh, but obviously a very important part, um, you know, in when you're first starting out, depending on how you set up your business, you know, you might be uh, doing jobs and getting paid, uh, you know, each time you do the mowing, so they, you know, clients might be paying you cash or whatever, uh, right when you're, you know, mowing the lawn and all that sort of stuff. I found that, you know, uh, all in uh, with efficiency and stuff like that, that that was such a time waster for me, waiting for people to pay me at the end of the job. Um, you know, when you got a ton of lawns to mow, you just want to be in and out as quick as possible uh, to get uh, through the day. Uh, so any sort of time wasting and stuff uh, can really uh, put a really annoys me. Um, so you know, I learned right away with that, and then just trying to avoid you know customers you know uh, not paying and all that sort of stuff. You know, I started doing the you know the whole credit card on file uh, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and and billing once a month uh, is what I prefer is just giving them a bill at the end of each month uh, and, you know, charging their credit card uh, right away. But that requires uh, keeping track of all of those jobs. 
uh, for that month. So, you know, I've, you know, I've never had an issue um, with that. Uh, of course, old school uh, people would be, you know, using like ledger books and all that sort of stuff uh, or calendar and writing down, you know, what um, jobs they did that day or a notebook or something like that. And I've known, you know, old school guys uh, that aren't computer savvy, uh, you know, do it that way. Um, but you have to make sure um, that you keep on top of it. Uh, and I say this only because I've, you know, I've known guys who unfortunately have been in business for many years and struggle with that part of it. They love, you know, the working outdoors. They love being outdoors. They love doing the jobs. They love, you know, hedge trimming and all that sort of stuff. In fact, you know, I'll give you guys an example there was uh, one guy that um, when I first uh, bought into that franchise, he was another franchisee and, uh, you know, uh, super nice guy, um, was fantastic at what he did in terms of the, you know, like hedge trimming and stuff. He taught me a lot. Um, I went out and worked with him a couple of times um, just to get some experience and, uh, you know, but I did learn uh, that the whole bookkeeping end of it was not his uh, forte. And I remember him mentioning something to me at once that almost made my jaw drop. And that uh, he talked about, you know, uh, he said, you know, he wasn't doing so good financially and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it was because he hadn't billed customers in like a couple of months. He was like two to three months behind in even billing his clients uh, because he just hated doing the month end stuff of actually you know, billing the clients and, and, and keeping track of all that. And he's like, how can you work for two to three months and not give your customers the bills. Like, what's the whole point? No, you know, and now you're, you're, you're complaining about struggling and stuff and not being able to pay your own bills because you're running out of money. And it's like, you gotta do it. Like it's disciplined. I don't like doing it. I don't like sitting at the you know end of the month and having to do all that final month end stuff. I always, um, you know, uh, not regret. What's the word I'm looking for? I always, uh, uh, you know, just don't look forward to, to doing it and going through and billing everybody's credit cards and all that sort of stuff. Because, um, again, it's one of those things like back, you know, that attention span of sitting there for, uh, you know, a few hours and going through it all and going through the thing and, you know, creating invoices and all that sort of stuff. Now, you know, you want to use a, a CRM, um, uh, so you know computer software that's going to allow you to put all of your customer, uh, you know, uh, customers listed in it with their addresses. It'll keep track of all the jobs and stuff. You can schedule the jobs uh, on reoccurring basis and all that sort of stuff. Whether it's something like Yardbook that you can use for free, uh, or um, uh, like Jobber or uh, even something, you know, going into, a, you know, a really expensive uh, one like a service autopilot. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. In fact, I, I have a um, on my lawncarebusinesssuccess.com. If you go to the resources page, there'll be a link at the top uh, that is uh, talks about software. For lawn care businesses, if you click on that, it'll take you to a page with a list of like 
12 or 15 different software programs that you can uh, try uh, and, you know, look at. I've got a, a brief little description of each one there and a link to each one that you can click on and it'll take you to those websites. So it's sort of uh, just a, a concentrated, you know, all the all of the websites all in sort of one sort of uh, resource page there for you guys uh, that are uh, looking into what software to use. Uh, they're just, you know, all there. Uh, and you can kind of make your own assessment on, uh, you know, looking at them and stuff and seeing what will work for you. There's so many of them, but you want to make sure it makes it so much easier to do something like that, uh, where, uh, you know, it just keeps track of all your clients. And lots of them, uh, you know, some of them are like... Uh, sort of self um supporting like they do sort of the um financial part as well um so they're you know very basic and simple and all the stuff some of them you know you can then you know as your business grows and stuff you can integrate with something like quickbooks and it'll automatically sync between the two um and, and then you have like a full like, you know, financial side of it too, uh, as your business grows and maybe you have employees and deductions and all that sort of stuff that you have to, you know, take care of it. You need something a little bit more, um, obviously, uh, you know, able to, um, do that sort of stuff to have all those features, uh, you know, maybe you have, uh, employees that need to clock in and clock out and all that sort of stuff, right? So you can get very high end software. You can get very basic software if you're like a solo operator, uh, to use, uh, and it's just you and, and, you know, much more simple. But the, the point is that you want to make sure that, um, you're keeping track of all that, keeping track of all the, you know, the clients that you have, the jobs that you're doing on a daily basis that you're, uh, you know, marking off, uh, that those jobs were done each day, that, uh, you know, adding on any extras, like for me, you know, if I'm going to a customer's uh, property and, uh, you know, there's dog waste there or there's the leaves or whatever the case may be, and I got to add that surcharge, uh, then it's much easier to do that at the end of the day uh, in the software, right? Because the software is um, going to uh, populate uh, the schedule for me, uh, for me, it's very simple. Uh, most days I don't even have to look at the schedule because I've got the same reoccurring clients. I only do weekly mowing. So every Tuesday is the same list of clients. Every Wednesday is the same list of clients. Every Thursday is the same list of clients. So I can just go in there and then just add any changes or differences or anything that I did extra uh, for that client uh, for that day and then mark all those jobs done. At the end of the month, um, the only thing I have to do is click on a button that says, you know, generate your monthly invoices. Uh, so it's going to uh, then go through that past month of all the jobs that I clicked uh, and said that were done. And uh, it's going to generate an invoice for every client uh, with all those jobs that were uh, done and, you know, have a date and all that sort of stuff. And then from those, I can use those uh, invoices. I actually, you know, print out, print them all out. And then I can go and then bill the customer's credit cards for each of those. Some um, uh, software solutions will, uh, you know, integrate the payment system as well, the credit card payment system. And, you know, you can have the credit cards automatically billed and stuff. Because I'm on a flat rate credit card system um, that lets me pay just a flat monthly fee and I can charge as many credit cards as I want. There's no percentage or anything that I charge for, or I get charged for each job. It's just this one flat rate fee that I pay. Um, I have to do it manually, the credit card uh, part of it. Uh, but it saves me a lot of money doing it that way in merchant fees. Um, 
if uh, you know ever came the day where that changed and I had to pay you know back to a, a percentage like I did previously uh, during uh, when I was with the uh, uh, franchise company, the credit card merchant company I used, I had, you know paid three percent of each transaction, or whatever. I would then look um, for integrating that into the software just to save time because if I'm going to pay it, then I might as well have the software handle it, and then that saves a whole step there. But because I'm saving so much in my situation with flat rate credit card fees then uh, I have to do it manually after. So I just, you know, generate those invoices at the end of the month and then I go through each one uh, and uh, basically like telephone banking and, uh, you know, charge uh, the customer's credit cards. Uh, so so uh, very simple, but just a little bit uh, more time consuming uh, with that. Uh, so, you know, uh, making sure you use something like a CRM right from the beginning. Um, you know, if you're a very small business, um, you know, I would suggest something, um, you know, like uh, Yardbook uh, is a very simple one to use. It's free to use when you're first starting up. Um, but I would also, you know, experiment, you know, with uh, looking at other ones as well. Um, because there may be some things with uh, some of them that you don't like. Um, and, you know, it's a bit of a pain to start your business with one software and then have to switch uh, later uh, to something else. Um, you're more likely to then just stick with the same software over and over again, uh, even if, you know, if it doesn't work out for you. So I would do your research uh, and just, you know, like I said, go to that page that I have on my website and where I list them all. And then it kind of takes you to each one and you can kind of, you know, read their websites and some of them might have free trials that you can try and all that sort of stuff and and see uh, what kind of fits uh, your uh, type of business. Uh, but uh, making sure <clears throat> that you're keeping on top of uh, your bookkeeping uh, is a huge one. So the next uh, uh thing that to avoid in your lawn care business is not putting money aside for taxes. This is another one that bites people <clears throat> in the rear uh, that I've heard over and over again. And this is twofold. Um, not only for your income taxes, um, but uh, taxes that you collect. Uh, on behalf of your local government, if you have to charge a sales tax or a service tax or whatever the case may be, uh, is to make sure that uh, you're putting that aside. So you have to remember, and I've, I've heard this from multiple guys too, that, you know, they bill the customer, they get, you know, the, the customer pays the bill and all that sort of stuff. And then the money just goes into their, you know, general sort of business account. And then they're paying bills and all that sort of stuff out of that account. You know, not remembering that not all that money is yours. Remember when you, when you worked at a job, uh, you know, before being a, a business owner, you would have deductions on your uh, check uh, whenever you got paid, right? And you'd get a slip that would show, you know, what your deductions were and stuff like that, uh, some of it to pensions and things like that, and uh, or workers' compensation and things like that, right? So you wouldn't get that full amount uh, that you, whatever your hourly wage was or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, and then at the end of the year, you do your taxes. And sometimes, you you know, if that company didn't, uh, uh, you know, um, deduct enough for income taxes, you would have to pay more. Or in some cases, if they took too much, then you get your tax refund back because you paid too much throughout the year in your taxes. 
when you're a uh you know a business owner and you're you know having to do your own taxes and you know all that sort of stuff you know this is stuff you have to take care of and depending on you know what country you're in what system in you know there's some you know places where you know you don't have to do anything any remaining any taxes until the end of the year where you just do it all in one lump sum uh so you know there's lots of stories i've heard of people that they go throughout the year and then they you know don't think about that and then at the end of the year, they get a tax bill for, you know, 10 grand or something like that. And it's like, I don't have 10 grand to pay. You know, I spent all that money. I, you know, thing, I didn't think about it, right? So making sure at the end of each month that you're taking a, you know, a good percentage, you know, 20%, 15%, whatever the case may be, whatever the tax rate is where you live, taking that and putting it aside into a separate account. Also the sales tax. So, you know, I do this with both of them. I have, you know, the accounts set up in my business account. I have two sort of sub accounts um, that I can have and put aside. And one of them is, you know, at the end of the month when I uh, bill all my clients, whatever the total is for that month, the gross income or whatever, I just take a, you know, whatever that percentage that, I, you know, income tax generally is in the my area, I take that chunk and put it, you know, in to that other account. And that other account, I don't even look at or see until, you know, tax time is due. Same with uh, the tax collected. So on each of my invoices, obviously, I'm billing clients uh, for the uh, here in uh, where I am in, I've got to charge a GST, a goods and services tax on my uh, mowing job. So I have to take I have to charge customers 5% tax for the government. So I am an agent, basically working on behalf of the government uh, of charging sales tax on the service and I customers are paying me at the end of each month uh, based on how much uh, you know their bill is they're getting five percent uh, taxed on top of that that tax is being paid to me but I have to then remit that tax to the government you know whenever my filing period is so again, I just take out whatever, uh, you know, the total is, you know, in, in the software and stuff that I use, it'll give me a running total of how much, you know, um, of that GST I've collected for that whole month. Uh, and then I just pull that out uh, and and I put it in that separate other account for that, right? So those two other accounts are sitting there. One of them is uh, for uh, income taxes that I'm going to be having to pay uh, for my own taxes. And then the other one is for uh, the taxes that I'm going to have to remit to the government that, uh, you know, I'm just an agent collecting those taxes uh, on behalf of the government. And think the thing to remember with both of those is that it's not your money. It's the government's money. So that's where people get confused because they're collecting it. It's going into the bank account. Hey, this is my, I made this much money. And so it's like, no, no, no. The government is going to come back, is going to come knocking for that money. They they want their money. So the best thing to do, the easiest thing to do is to just take it out right away at the end of each month, whenever your billing period is, whatever the case is, and put it aside and don't even look at it. Uh, until those tax uh, times uh, happen for you and your business. And then there's no issues. There's no stress because you get your tax bill and it's like, oh, I owe 10 grand or whatever the case may be. And then you, you know, you go to that count. Well, there it is. Uh, and in my case, I always like taking more than what I need and putting it aside um, because I like at the end of the, the year that, you know, 
I've got more than enough to cover the bill because then it's like, oh, now I get, it's almost like a bonus that, hey, you know, there was a extra couple grand in there. Now I can put that back in my, uh, you know, general account and then start fresh again uh, with the next, uh, you know, the next year. Uh, same with the sales tax, right? It's always there, uh, ready to go uh, back to uh, the government. And the nice thing with the sales tax uh, where I'm at is that um, I also get to keep uh, a portion of that tax based on what I spend. So every time I buy fuel, I get taxed that same tax and they call it an input tax credit. So uh, when I do my, uh, you know, uh, remittance and stuff like that, I have to tell the government how much I paid uh, in all those taxes and I get to deduct that from the amount of sales tax I collected and I pay them only the difference in that. Uh, so then again, it's nice. I always put the full amount aside, but then uh, when it's time to uh, remit it, there's always more there uh, than I need because I get to keep uh, the portion of tax that I uh, paid for running my own business uh, for everything that I had to pay for in my business on that. So it just makes it so much easier to, uh, you know, put that money aside and, uh, you know, make sure you're doing that right from the beginning. Uh, it'll save you a lot of headache and a lot of trouble uh, in the future. So I've got one uh, bonus tip for you guys. Uh, I know this was five tips, but I'm going to throw in a sixth one uh, of something that uh, people overlook in the lawn care business. And that is... Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we always hear about insurance in your business, having, you know, your general liability insurance, having insurance to protect, um, you know, your equipment, uh, in case of theft and all that sort of stuff and protecting, you know, you, if you damage somebody's property, uh, or if, um, you know, you hurt somebody, you know, you're trimming and a rock goes flying and hits somebody in the head or something like that. We all know about that. And, uh, Obviously, something that you should be doing right from the beginning. If you are, uh, you know, running a lawn care business, you should have make sure you have uh, proper insurance. But what's overlooked is that you know those general liability insurances and all that sort of stuff will cover you know your tools and you know injuries uh, to other people and damage to property and stuff. But what they won't do is protect you as the operator. Um, so what happens if you get injured? What happens if you get hurt and you can't go to work anymore? So, you know, depending on where you're at, um, you know, a lot of places have workers comp and all that sort of stuff, but that's only for employees because, um, you know, in some cases like where I'm at, uh, if I have an employee, it's mandatory that they have workers compensation. So, you know, every paycheck, I would have to deduct uh, some of uh, their income to pay for their workers compensation. I would also have to match it and stuff like that in case of an injury and stuff. So that uh, if they couldn't work, they would still get income to be able to pay their bills. But um, as a uh, owner of the business and working in the business, I can't have compensation on myself because there'd be, I guess, too much fraud with that. People claiming, you know, that they got hurt, you know, not wanting to work. You know, say I'm going to just say, oh, well, I'll just go start a business and then, you know, say I hurt myself so I can just sit at home and collect, uh, you know, a worker's comp instead. So, as a whole or a business owner, I can't have workers comp on myself. So I have to look to other insurance. So there's things like accidental death and dismemberment insurance and stuff and uh, AD and D policies. Uh, that's what I have uh, with mine. So um, basically, it's just another, uh, you know, little insurance package that I pay each month. And uh, it basically covers me if, uh, you know, I hurt myself uh, while working, if, you uh, I lose a limb or a finger or something while working. It pays out certain amounts. Uh, and if I die, uh, 
as a result of that work, uh, then again, it pays out. Um, and uh, with my, uh, my particular policy that I have, it's not limited to just work. It's basically 24 hours a day. Uh, so I'm covered all the time. So if I lose a finger or, uh, you know, uh, break an arm or something like that, and I can't work, then it will cover income for me uh, to pay the bills and all that sort of stuff until I can recover uh, and hopefully get back to work. Uh, and obviously, if you know, something happens to me and I die or something like that. It's basically like life insurance too, right? It'll uh, pay out uh, to my family and stuff like that because obviously if they're relying on me for income uh, and now I'm all of a sudden I'm gone, um, then, uh, you know, it, it pays out a section uh, there as well. So if you are, you know, something that's often overlooked, so uh, something I would definitely... Um, look into as well is, uh, you know, it's great to have your general liability insurance, of course, uh, a must have. Uh, but I would also say something having making sure that uh, you're also covered in case of injury uh, and stuff as well in your own lawn care business uh, to make sure, um, you know, um, if your family, especially if your family's relying on you uh, for that income and stuff, uh, you know, if you get hurt or something happens, and you can't go to work, uh, you want to make sure uh, that you're still able uh, to have some income come in uh, to pay the bills. So uh, that's it uh, for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all uh, overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.